Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator, lawyer and director of Tricks of Your Trade. Uh, I'm in my car again. I'm doing another podcast in my car because time has been scant lately. I'm starting to think that you guys won't care anyway because you guys drive everywhere all the time and you're bloody road noise is probably as horrendous as mine Uh, but I do have to apologize for the background noise if you're listening to this on playback. Uh, Today on my podcast I want to talk to you guys about how I want you to leverage your relationships with your builders. So relationships, I have put off doing a podcast about this because it makes me ranty Uh, because you guys get screwed so many times in so many directions because of these relationships that you rely on. And so it has occurred to me that if you will not stop relying on your relationships, I need to change your mindset about how you leverage those relationships so that you can make these people that you say care so much about you work for you Uh, not take advantage of you. Now the first way that you guys usually get stung uh, with this relationship business is when you start on site without a signed contract and you've really missed an opportunity to negotiate better terms. Uh, I'm going to be doing a webinar about this in July about why you can't start work on site without a contract and if you are going to do it how to do it properly. Uh, go to my website, you'll be able to register for the for the webinar there. It's www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au uh, But <clears throat> I really want to hit home with you in this podcast while I've got your attention why you have got so much leverage in the four days before you are due on site. Now, this thing happens inside building companies where contracts administrators have to have trade lettings done on a schedule. And at the end of each month, they have got to have a project report or a project review with their commercial management team. Typically what happens is they need to report to their commercial manager on how many trade lettings they've got done for a particular job, where they are on the schedule, what the anticipated cash flow forecast is going to be based on the work that we anticipate that those trades will carry out. and. When a CA has gone to the effort of having their project manager or their commercial manager, oftentimes it's two tiers of approval. So they'll choose choose a subcontractor that they're going to recommend and they will do what's called an authority to let or a, um, it's basically a summary of what prices we got for a particular trade what those trades had included, so a comparison of scope and what was included and what was excluded, where they are in the market, and then there's like a little due diligence checkbox where the subby, um, <clears throat> all the subbies checks on his license and 
Uh, you know, it could be that they called a referee or something like that will uh, be put into that report. And you've got to put it up to your manager to be able to offer a subcontract to a subbie. And if you have signed a subcontract with a subcontractor before you have got the authority to let signed, that can be a big no-no uh, in some building companies that can be cause for um, reprimand. If you've got a subby that starts work on site without having signed the contract is another reprimand. But this will be where you'll be wondering, what's the delay, mate? Like, where's my contract? And it'll be because he's got to do not just your subcontract template up, he's actually waiting for somebody to sign off on his authority to let. And somebody might be asking questions about the scope of work and maybe the contracts administrator can't answer those questions because he doesn't know enough about how to build or it could be that uh, the CA just doesn't know because he didn't ask you the questions because he, when, he when he got you on the phone to go through your quote, he just wasn't prepared uh, or is in a rush or he's overworked or any number of reasons. But essentially, the reason you've got leverage at this point is because you've got somebody who's willing to work for you to get you to sign the contract because the contracts administrator, the guy that you think you got the relationship with, he wants to use you and he really doesn't want to undo the work that he has done to get you approved to sign up under contract. It's just as much work to sign up a different subby to the same contract terms as it is to sign you up. So he's gonna to have to do the work twice. And he might've done the due diligence checks and things like that, but all of a sudden what starts to happen is if your scope of work uh, or what you had included in your quote wasn't apples for apples for the other guy that he wants to use, then he's back at step one again where he's got to start to think about, well, has that subby got everything included in their price and you know he's back looking at the drawings worrying about unlet scope meanwhile the foreman is saying who the hell are you going to let this trade to you know who's going to be the electrician tell me who the electrician's going to be oh i think it's going to be this guy and then two days later you tell the foreman it's going to be a different guy and he starts to get the shits because he's already rung the first guy and the first guy has gone and done him a favor and set up the temporary power on site lo and behold you find out that you've already had the guy that you thought you were going to give the job on site doing a thousand dollars worth of work uh, you didn't even know it was going to happen and we've got a runaway train situation in our hands so in terms of getting uh getting changes approved to the contract you're going to be thinking in your mind yeah well michelle guess what every time that ca is going to take those proposed changes back to his boss uh, he's more likely to have it rejected at that point by his boss than he is to have us rejected in the first place or to have uh, to have the the project manager say well look just use this other subby sign this other guy up they might have that conversation at that point four days out from being on site very unlikely that conversation is going down especially if you can talk good bloke common sense to your contracts administrator at that time and that's where i'm saying leverage your relationships you're going to be looking these guys in the eye over a set of drawings hopefully and a post tender meeting agenda and you'll be saying to the guy why would i sign up up to a contract 
that's got 20 grand a day LDs in it. And the program that's attached to this contract is already out of date. It's the tender program. It's already three months behind. If you can talk common sense, good bloke, to your, to your contracts administrator at that point in the commercial transaction, that is your best chance of getting changes over the line. And then once you have had those changes over the line, you're at a point then where every other contract negotiation after that becomes easier because you can point to the other time the CA said yes and you know he's going to break. Now, if you flip that around and you say to me, I'm going to give you every reason under the sun why we can't do these things you're telling us to do under contract because you'll ruin our relationships if we do them. And I'm talking to you, Mr. Subby, when I say this, uh, Mrs. Subby, uh, when I say this, that if you want to make every excuse why administering your contract will ruin your relationship, I would challenge you to think about whether or not that is actually a healthy relationship. If your relationship with your builder's CA is that volatile that giving a notice of delay or crossing something out in a contract, in a standard form contract, is enough to lose you a job, you don't have a relationship at all. Uh, what you've got is somebody who is essentially gaslighting you. Uh, if you don't know what gaslighting is, it was like a really old term for um, people who would control uh, someone by calling them crazy and then they would play tricks on them with like turning lights on and off and mess with their head uh, to keep them in a submissive state so that they started to believe they were crazy too. And so they would assert control tactics over someone by telling them, um, using emotional blackmail really essentially is uh, what it is. And I, I firmly believe, and I've been pretty vocal about this publicly, that gaslighting and emotional blackmail all feeds into this blue collar discrimination undertone that we got going on in the industry where subby flogging is a bit of a sport and it's not just about uh, making a margin and builders trying to mitigate against extra costs on a job. It's gone one step further and I know that you guys listening will have seen this and you come across it uh, is where the builder essentially makes you feel like you should be grateful for the opportunity to have the job in the first place, that you should be kissing their feet uh, to do what you do and so that you can be a valid or solid business business in your own right. Um, they make you feel like your existence is only attributable to their generosity of giving you work. Uh, and then they'll pit you guys against each other in terms of making you beat each other's prices to the point where you're working for free. So if you're bullied into submission to the point where you're working for free or you're working for no margin and you're banking on your attention as margin um, and you still think you need to be grateful to your builder and protect that relationship, honestly, I, I don't know what I can say to convince you that that's just not a good business model. Uh, it's not something that I would personally uh, be keen on doing and given the amount of risk that you guys take on when you sign these big scary contracts it just makes no sense to me that you would do that on a day-to-day -day basis if you didn't have to so if you want to rely on these relationships 
rely on them like this. When you have these conversations, when you are negotiating your contract terms, uh, when you're in a moment under contract where the builder asks you for a favour and you identify that you've got a window of leverage. So a good example is when the foreman needs you to do a variation urgently and you know that if you don't have a written direction from the office, you're going to have to fight for your money to get paid. Use that relationship in that moment to get you a written direction. And then if you consistently ask for things in return, the contracts administrators who are dealing with you will get used to you asking. And when nothing goes wrong, when everyone still is friends and everyone still gets along and we all still trust each other, suddenly your entire experience day in and day out dealing with your customers will change because you no longer have to go home thinking that you've taken on all of the risk that your builders essentially put you in a position with T's and C's in a document that you can't do anything about. You don't have to feel like you're gonna get trapped under contract where you're not making any margin but you're getting arbitrary directions. Uh, you don't have to worry on a day-to-day -day basis that the amount of risk that you've taken on could sink your business with one contract, just one contract dispute. And then what would you do if your business went into liquidation and you were no longer able to do the work that you do in your industry uh, because say for example, you were an excluded individual for a period of time. Uh, what would that look like for you? I'm trying really hard not to doomsday prep with you guys. I don't want you to start to associate these podcasts with getting depressed and like listening to really, really sad stuff. Uh, but if I can get a line into your ear and whisper some advice about how you can flip the tables and you can turn it around so that you're you're negotiating from a position of power, or it, or at least if you're not negotiating from a position of power, you're negotiating from an even playing field. And I think that to get on an even playing field, two things need to happen. You need to take the rose colored glasses off and stop believing that your builder has a relationship with you. This is not an emotional transaction, this is a business transaction. And if you could just, for a moment, think in terms of how you operate with your sub-subbies, you operate with your suppliers. By all means, you can enjoy a good customer service relationship, but you aren't married to them. I mean, what would it take for you to change a supplier or to change a sub-subbie? To use someone else for a change. Even what would it take for you to just go back out to the market to make sure that you're getting a good price? Is that something that you're doing on a regular basis or are you using the same people again and again and again uh, for the same work? There's merits to both models and you know, this is not a podcast about pricing but I just really want to draw your attention to how much leverage is the builder getting over you because you think you have a relationship with that builder. Now, the other shit test I want to do with you guys is I want you to put your hand on your heart and tell me, say it out loud when you're listening to this podcast, 
is your builder with you is your relationship with your builder with the guy who owns the company does mr builder know your name does he have your phone number and if you ring him will he answer if you can hand on heart say mr builder knows my name he's got my number and if i call he'll answer say it out loud so you know you're not bullshitting yourself if you answer yes to that and that is uh, that is the truth, the real true situation on how you're negotiating your contracts. You're actually negotiating with the guy who owns the business. It's his money. He's the guy who's got the finger on the button that sends the EFT every month. So he's got, got access to the bank to pay you the money. And if you think you've got emotional leverage over that guy because you've got a relationship with him, good for you. But I can tell you that for everyone who couldn't say that or for every builder that you can't say that about, you've just got a relationship with a staffer and that staffer is going to move around in the industry. They're going to outgrow the builder, they're going to get promoted, their objectives are going to change, the priorities will change. Some days they'll make mistakes and they'll need to cover their own ass. And the sad reality is, is that they will always look after themselves first they don't have an emotional relationship with you. They are assisting their boss with a commercial transaction. And I would argue that if they've got an emotional relationship with anyone, it's probably with the guy who pays his paycheck. So I'm gonna leave it at that. I just want you to ponder, when you're working for your clients, when do you have an opportunity to lean on the relationship? Are you asking for anything in return? So if you're, if you're relinquishing your right to mitigate risk under a contract or to claim payment for something you're entitled to, or if you're doing work for free, or if you're doing work with no, no margin. So when I say doing work for free, you're doing variations, you're not claiming them. Uh, you're doing favors and then you quote the next job with no margin or less margin because you think better the devil you know at least i know i'm going to have some work i have some turnover i want you to ask yourself for all of those sacrifices you're making how many sacrifices is your builder making for you and do you think that that's because of the relationship or do you think it's in their commercial interest to do it until next week, guys, if you have any questions about what I've talked about on this podcast, you can contact me, questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Uh, alternatively, if you want to register for one of our webinars or you want to watch on playback one of our old webinars, you can go into our webinar gallery on our website. And one last request, if you've enjoyed this podcast or if this uh, resonated with you in a way and you want to talk about it or you want to make a comment, please leave me a review. Uh, I'd love for you to leave me a review on my podcast. Alternatively, you could jump onto my LinkedIn or one of my other socials. We're on Facebook and Instagram and you could uh, make a comment on this post. Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade.
Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter, don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade.